Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Before I jump into the message today, I just want to share a couple quotes that are going to relate to the, to the message. So I know some of our younger folks in the house won't relate to this, and, 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 but some of the people my age, maybe a little older, will relate to this. So uh, many of you know John Lennon. He was one of the Beatles, right? How many know John Lennon? Okay. Yeah, I like that a little too much. I want to celebrate John Lennon too much, but it's all right. It's all right. There's some Beatles songs that were. But John Lennon, he said this. He said, Christianity will go, it will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I'm right and I will be proved right. We're more popular, he's talking about the Beatles, we're more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. It's them twisting it that ruins it for me. But we know that John Lennon was wrong, right? And, and over history and his time, uh, people have tried to disprove Jesus Christ. And, and I'm going to share a couple more. H.G. Wells is a, a British author. He says this. He says, I am a historian. I am not a believer. So he didn't believe in Jesus. But I must confess as a historian, that this penniless preacher from Nazareth, Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. Yes, this is an unbeliever. Uh, a Jewish author says this, Sholem Ash says this, Jesus Christ is to me the outstanding personality of all time, all history, both as son of God and son of man. Everything he ever said or did has value for us today. And that is something you can say of no other man, dead or alive. There is no easy middle ground to stroll upon. You either accept Jesus or reject him. I got a couple more, so bear with me. Let's just jump to the last one. Napoleon said this. I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and any, every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander the Great, Caesar, Charlemagne, and myself founded empires, but what foundation we rest the creations of our genius upon force. In other words, their, their empires were built on force. He said, Jesus Christ founded an empire upon love, and at this hour, millions of men and women would die for him. And so today, and I can keep going, there's all these quotes of famous people that either believed in Jesus and didn't, but had to acknowledge him. Uh, and so the, the, the series, um, new message series that we're going to be sharing today is entitled Unstoppable God. How many know that God is unstoppable? You know, in the army, you know, I was in the army for, for several years, as many of you know, and, and in the army... Um, we would gauge our weapons by their stopping power, right? Stopping power, and, and every human being ha is able—you can stop a human being, right? With weapons, with with different things, with obstacles, and and we would gauge our uh, our weapons uh, uh, upon their stopping power. So if you were in combat, you're like you wanted something that had stopping power, right? And and, and one thing that I can share with you is that there's nothing on earth and heaven beneath the earth that can stop our God. That's right. And we need to be reminded of this 
and, and, and so many have tried to stop uh, uh, Jesus. So many have stopped, tried to stop him. Empires, governments, religions, individuals have tried to stop him. And over and over, people have tried to disprove him. But history continues to prove that he is unstoppable. I'm excited about this today. And, and you and I were very limited. You know, we're limited in, in so many ways. Um, um, we can only be at one in one place at a time. Um, we can only go so many days without water or food. We can only go so many days without without sleep. I think the record is 11 days of somebody staying awake and they kind of lost their mind. Uh, and they were they had somebody keeping them awake for 11 days. Um, we can only run so fast. We can only dive so deep because we have limits. There's limitations upon our physical uh, and even our mental. Uh, our capacity. We can only climb so high yeah. without oxygen or protective equipment. And we only live so long, right? There's so many limitations that we have. And I could keep going on. And there's only so many sounds you can hear. There's only so many colors we can see because there's animals that see better than us and see other colors that we don't see. And there's animals that hear frequencies that we don't hear. So there's tons of, of limitations that we have. But I can say this today that even though we have limitations, we're limited. The God who created us in his very image is unstoppable. That's it. That's it. He is unstoppable. Has no limits. There are a few things God will not do because he put those on himself. He will not lie. He will not sin. He will not change. He will keep his promises. He never stops loving you. His power is unmatched. And his presence is irresistible. My God is unstoppable. We're going to go to a story today in Exodus chapter 3. Many of you may be familiar with it. If you're not, bear with me. It's 14 verses, but I want to read them all so we can get the, the feel for it. This is probably the, I've preached this maybe two or three times since we opened the church. This is the story that, uh, that I preached the first time we opened this, our church. So this story is real dear to me. But Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 14, it says this. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, that's a mountain, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him in the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of my people, of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. 
But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. This is the sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Yes. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Yes, right. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Yes. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob has sent me to you. Yes. Praise God. I know it's a lot. Yeah, let's give the word a, a hand. This is a, such an amazing story that, that continues to just speak to my life and encourage me in so many ways. You get a, a, a guy who was, came from nothing, you know. Uh, God literally saved his life when they were killing all the children in Egypt and, and put him in a high place. He ends up in, in Pharaoh's court. Um, uh, living within with with uh, Pharaoh's daughter, and all of a sudden, as, as he grows up, he he he, he learns and, and remembers that he's a he's an Israelite, right? And he sees the oppression of his people; they're in slavery, and he has compassion, and and he takes matters into his own hands, and he he kills one of the Egyptian uh, uh, guards. He kills one of the Egyptians. He commits murder, and there's a price and a consequence for that. So instead of facing that, he runs to the desert. He runs and he uh, he becomes a fugitive. And he's out in the desert for 40 years when we hear what happens. I, I always go back and see Moses being so broken. But that when God calls him, he's hearing the voice of God, but he's still broken and feels so unworthy. How many have had moments in their lives when God is calling you, but yet you feel like, how could God use me? How could God use me? I remember a testimony, a testimony of, of, um, of, of one of the pastors here, Pastor Francisco, who says, he, he always, he said this very times, and, and, it, and it so stirs in my own heart, that he said there was a moment when he was ready to pastor a church, and he told, Lord, I'm ready to pastor the church, and I'm ready to take the city of Philadelphia, and nothing happened, right? Nothing happened, and all of a sudden he began to see how unworthy he was in some months and years past. He says, I, I, I'm not worthy of it. God will never use me. And it was in that moment when he realized how insignificant he was that the Lord called him to pastor the church. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we have to get to a place, right, where we, can, we have to acknowledge in the big grand scheme of things that it's not us. Jesus. It's him. He is the unstoppable God. I have limits. I'm limited. I'm a mere man. But when I allow the unstoppable God to flow through this limited body, this limited body, all of a sudden there's miracles on the horizon, right? There's change and transformation that is available not only to me, but those around me and those in the kingdom. And, and so when Moses got to this place of brokenness, it's when God called him, 80 years old feeling insignificant, and God calls him, you are the one, and he says, well, what do I say when I get to the people? I'm not sure what to say to them, and they're going to say, who sent me? What do I, who, who, who do I say sent me? And, and one of the most powerful phrases in the Bible, if you could just put it up, verse 14, where God replies to Moses, and he says, I am 
who I am. This is so powerful. He says, I am who I am. He's saying so much with this small, short phrase. He's saying, I am unstoppable. Yes. I am unconquerable. I am, I will, no one will stop me, understand who I am. And when the people hear that, they're going to understand what I'm talking about. See, because if you translate that, that phrase, that phrase, I am who I am, if you look at the, tr the Jewish translation, it says this. It says, I will be what I will be, or I will become whatsoever I may become. Why is this so powerful? It's powerful because it's God's response to the people. He's, pro he's providing them with a promise. He's saying to them, he will become what they need him to become. In this case, they needed a savior. And when he says, I am who I am, he said, I will be that savior. That's what he's saying there. And so the people, when, 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 when Moses went and they said, well, who are you and who sent you? And he says, I am sent me. Something began to stir in them. Something began to stir in them. Let's fast forward 2,200 years from this moment. 2,200 years later. Jesus is on the scene. He's a little past 30 years old. Book of John chapter 8, verse 54 through 56. Keep in mind, 2,200 years have passed. And the word says this. Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say, he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him, and I obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How could you say you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Powerful. Jesus is referring to the same response that Moses, that God had for Moses. I am. I am. I am means that I have no beginning. I have no end. I just am. I am unstoppable, he's saying. He's letting him know he's, that he's unstoppable. At that point, the Bible says they picked up stones to throw and kill him out. That's what they wanted to do. But Jesus was hidden from them, and he left the temple. There's another version that said he was able to slip through their hands because they wanted to kill him. See, this was the most ultimate offense, uh, insult. It was a sin for, someone to, for, for Jesus to say that I am. That was enough for them to legally kill, kill him. But what was Jesus saying? He was saying the same thing that God was saying in the book of Exodus. He said, I will be... What I will be, I will become whatsoever I may become. What is he saying to He's saying, he's saying to I will be what you need me to be today. I am unstoppable. He's declaring to the universe that he is unstoppable. He is declaring to you and I that he is never too tired. He is never too angry. He is never too frustrated. He is never too overwhelmed to be whatever you need him to be. I am who I am. I am unstoppable.
of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the titles continue. Lion of Judah, they continue throughout the Bible, Jesus' titles, uh, of the names that God has placed upon the Unstoppable One. I will tell you that when I lack, He is my provider. When I am sick, He is my healer. When I need wisdom, He is my teacher. He has anointed me with ability and purpose. He goes to battle and He fights for me. He is my dwelling place. He he is my joy. He is my towering strength. He restores my soul. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. He is my shoulder to cry at on my tough day. He exceeds my dreams. He validates me. He is my perfect hope. He is my future. He is unstoppable, church. I don't know what he is to you, but I know what he is to me. But God, he is my strength when I am weak. He lifts me up when I can't go no further. He leads the way when I cannot see. He is a way when there is no way. He says, I am the door. I am the shepherd. I am the truth. I am the way. Glory to your holy name. For you are unstoppable, God. It is his name that we lift up on high. That's all right. See, because he wants to be all of that and more for you, church. He wants to be your strength when you're weak, your rock in the storm, your provider when you lack. Hebrews 13:5 tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. I'm going to add to it, for I am unstoppable. Yes. He is all-powerful. Church, he is for you. He is not against you. He is able to do the exceedingly good things you could never do. He's able to take our broken hearts, begin to mend them. In some cases, he takes that heart out and he transplants it with a new heart. He gives us a transfusion of the most perfect blood that was shed on a cross, right? That gives us freedom from our sin, freedom from evil thoughts. He wants to use you in a powerful way that none of us are worthy of the church. He's faithful. He's good. He's almighty. He's unstoppable. Church, let us stand today. See that when Jesus declared this in the book of John and says, I am, people wanted to kill him. It was too much for them to handle. It was too much for them to handle. But today, 2,000 years later, it's exactly what we need. We need the I am to lead us. We need the great I am to give us wisdom. We need the great I am to make us the men and women that we that God intended us to be. That he would use us in his kingdom. 
You may not believe it, but I'm here to tell you that God specifically created you to be effective in his kingdom. He died on a cross not just because he's unstoppable, but he died on a cross and made himself human and vulnerable so that he can abide inside of you. See, because the unstoppable one, more than anything, wants to be in your life. He wants to flow through your life. I'm going to go a little further. See, 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 Jesus died on a cross so that if you come across a sick person, because he's unstoppable, and you believe in the authority that he's given you, you can lay hands on them and they'll be healed. If there's a person that needs deliverance from a, from a demonic spirit, you don't have to run in fear. But you can cast that demon out in the name of Jesus. Not because of who we are, but because he is unstoppable. No demon, no devil can get in his way. And, and, and bad on us if we let that devil or demon get in our way. If the unstoppable one is in us. So church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. For although we have so many limits, God, you are unlimited. You, you have no limits. You're unstoppable. Nothing gets in your way, God. So help us not to fight against you, God, or think that our way is better, or think that our plan is better, God, but that we would submit to the unstoppable one. That we would come to our senses and say, God, I need, I want you to flow through my life. I surrender to the unstoppable one. I need to follow the unstoppable one. He takes away our limits as we move in faith and believe the unstoppable one. With our eyes closed, we just want to make a call today of you are ready to surrender to the unstoppable one today. You're tired of choosing your own way and living with these humanly, human limits that don't allow you to dream, that don't let, allow you to move forward, allow you to, 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 to be the person God intended, intended you to be. And you say, I need you, the unstoppable one. I'm going to count to three and you'll raise your hand. You'll raise your hand high. Not so any of us see your hand, but so that he sees your hand. It's an act of surrender. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right where you are. Yes. Hands all over the room are lifted. He is unstoppable. He is for you. Church, can we raise our hands with, with our brothers and sisters? Because we all need them. We all need them. I need them. Oh, unstoppable one, I need you so much, God. Oh, God, oh, I need to surrender to you, God. And stop, Lord, depending on my own strength, God, on my own wisdom, God, but that I would trust you, God. That I would allow, allow you to flow, God, your power, not mine, God. Your wisdom and not mine, Lord. That I would submit to you, God. So I, I, I would ask that you would repeat after me, Jesus, unstoppable one, I need you today, right now. Forgive me. I'm sorry for trying to do things my way. I want to do them your way. 
I surrender to you. Help me. Change me. Transform me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.